Oye, oye, oye. Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm your guest bailiff, John Roderick. This week, the perp walk. Lisa brings the case against her jaywalking boyfriend, Mitch. She says that his method of crossing streets is irritating to her and dangerous too. Mitch says that sometimes jaywalking is appropriate and even safer than crossing at a crosswalk. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner when the coast is clear and wait and wait until you see the light turn green. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the middle of the block. But do swear them in. Guest bailiff, John Roderick. Lisa and Mitch, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he is in no way a jurist, has undertaken no study of the law, is admitted to no professional association nor past any state bar, is recognized by no federal nor foreign agency, and derives his authority entirely and exclusively from his status as a grandiose former minor television personality? (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Thank you. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Thank you very much, guest bailiff John Roderick. We are joined, uh, uh, Lisa and Mitch, today by John Roderick of the Long Winters and the Roderick on the Line podcast. As our guest bailiff, as Jesse Thorne is once more AWOL, uh, I don't know where he is. He, he just shed his bailiff's uniform uh, sitting in the middle of the courtroom floor right now mysteriously, and I guess he's running nude through the prairie somewhere. But luckily, John Roderick is here to join us. Thank you, John. Thank you, sir. Lisa and Mitch, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can one of you name the piece of culture that I actually did not paraphrase, that I quoted verbatim to song? As I entered the courtroom, Lisa. Um, that was very beautiful, but no, I cannot. Mitch. Yeah, no, me neither, Judge. There are so many 40 to 46 year old parents right now who are mad at you. <laughs> they are bouncing up and down in their chairs. They are mad at you. They are driving in their cars, Mitch, and they are looking to run you over. As you walk across the street, because, of course, I was singing the song. Guess what it was called? In the middle, in the middle, in the middle, that most humans of my age will recognize from the They Might Be Giants children's album, No! Exclamation Point, as sung by Robin Goldie Goldwasser, uh, but in fact was uh, originally written by Vic Mizzy sometime in the 1960s as a PSA for the New York City Transportation Authority to teach kids not to get run over by cars. And Vic Mizzy also wrote the Adams Family theme song and the theme song to Green Acres. Mm. Mm. If you had named any of that information, I would have said no summary judgment for you. 
I only would have said it if you had named all of that information. That is how I protect myself from having to give a summary judgment and holding a podcast. But in this case, you both claimed complete ignorance, and so justice marches on. Lisa, you bring this case against Mitch, who is your boyfriend, or what? Yes, he's my boyfriend. All right. And what is Mitch's big problem? Well, Mitch, he is a very confident jaywalker, sometimes, in my opinion, too confident. He is a, confidently strides across streets. Sometimes he says things like, it's okay, I have the right of way, and like, don't worry, I made eye contact. Is he saying this to, does he think the people who are driving the cars can hear him? No, I think it's because I'm usually like yelling at him to use the Oh, he's saying it cross. to you. Yes, he's yes. saying it to you. And 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 where do you live? <clears throat> we live in Olympia, Washington. The oh, capital of Washington. Am I wrong, John Roderick? Uh, Olympia, Washington yeah. is the capital of Washington. And and you know that John John Roderick, though an Alaskan by birth, is a Washingtonian by resident. Awesome. So I it am is- broadcasting from Seattle, the cultural capital of Washington. Mm. And and arguably the entire Pacific Northwest, I will say, to annoy people in Portland and Vancouver. <laughs> and uh, and define for uh, for the purposes of our listeners who did not grow up in the Boston area where everything goes, what is jaywalking? Mm-hmm. Well, jaywalking is crossing the street at... Uh, a place that isn't okay. at an intersection. Uh, so crossing the street in the middle of the street. And are there laws in Olympia, Washington, against jaywalking? Yes, there are a few laws. Um, Washington State's pedestrian laws say that every person crossing a roadway at any point other than a marked crosswalk, mm-hmm. crosswalk In other words, a pedestrian who is crossing in the middle of the street... Should does not have the right of way and is fair game to be run over by a car. Yeah, and it is the law to use a crosswalk in Washington State. Is that true? It is a, it is a law to use a crosswalk or you cross in the middle at your own risk? I'm going to pose this question to Mitch. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe that it's a law, but it's, it's um, not enforced at all. So you admit that you are scoffing the law. <laughs> I do, yes. How many times... Do you cross the street legally versus how many times you cross the street jaywalkily? Oh, I'd say Olympia is a really easy jaywalking city. Um, so I'd say I probably jaywalk 80% of the time. And, and when you say it's an easy jaywalking city, do you mean to say that, uh, that uh, it is not enforced or... It, 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 there are very few crosswalks, well, I mean, and it's um, easier to get around by just running out in traffic. Uh, what I mean by it is, like the streets are, <clears throat> um, there's not a lot of traffic. Um, the speed limit's like 25, but a lot of people drive like 20. Um, a lot of one-way streets, so you're only dealing with one <clears throat> one direction of traffic flow. Um, so it's easy. It's easy to get away with it, and it's easier to move through the city by ignoring crosswalks. Is that correct? Yeah. If I were to state your case for you. Sure. Yep. John Roderick, as a Washingtonian, and uh, not just the, the, the host of Roderick on the Line and a famous musician, but also a commissioner for the arts in the city of Seattle, right? Correct. A public employee. 
And yes. the the future mayor of Seattle and governor of Washington, if I have my way. <laughs> if Washingtonians are wi- are as wise as you, sir, yes. Oh, you you are taking you are you are putting a dog into this hunt on the Mitch side. Uh no, no, no. No. Well, no, not yet. Okay. But is what he says about Olympia true? Olympia, do, you know, do you know Olympia very well? I do know Olympia quite well. Olympia is a smallish town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a great number of one-way streets. The pace of the town is very slow, bordering on hippie paralysis. <laughs> Necrotic. <laughs> uh, and also working in Mitch's favor, although you may take some issue with this, Judge, is the fact that Washington, although, uh, although jaywalking is illegal, Washington has a culture of um, incredible passive-aggressive driving. <laughs> uh, which includes a lot of um, if you if you walk out into the street, some percentage of drivers will stop in the middle of the road in a way that is like often uh, inscrutable and dare I say it unsafe to let you cross rather than uh, th- th- their instinct. What, what should is not they to- do? Run you over? <laughs> well, in New York, they 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 would run you over, or they, or they would, would they would beep. Yeah, they would threaten to run you over. They would they would act as though you were um, uh, you they would, Im- right. aggressive upon their right to drive. And in Olympia, the the culture is much more uh, uh, passive. Oh yeah, hey buddy, you want to get by, right? Okay. Oh hey man, you know, go right ahead. Like <laughs> yeah. sure, bro. Sure, whatever. Your life is more important than mine, I guess. You know what? I'm in a car, and I already feel guilty about that. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, my, I should not be driving. I should the, be walking. <laughs> you're doing you're doing a good job, pal. You just keep on going. Yeah, thanks, man. So there is, would be a, there would be a component of that that I I sense from Mitch's tone. He may be he may be exploiting. Uh, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. He may be counting on a certain like northwestern hippie passiveness uh, to feel maybe safer than he actually is because there are also some meth-addled uh, tree-dwelling country folk who might not even be looking at the road as they drive. Right. And their cars might only have three wheels. Right. And they just, and they can only get by by going fast. <laughs> right. Otherwise one of the <laughs> axles starts dragging on the ground. <laughs> uh, Lisa and Mitch, how long have you lived in uh, Olympia? Um, I lived here for almost five years. And Mitch? <clears throat> uh, same, same amount of time. Do you guys live together? We do. All right. And, Where did you uh, come from before? What is your uh, originating culture? Good question, John. Thanks, sir. I come from Des Moines, Iowa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's table that groan, Mitch. Um, I, I come from um, around Seattle and suburbs of Seattle. <laughs> Which one specifically? Um, Marysville. Oh, Marysville. Okay. Bro, Washington. Snohomish, Washington. Now, since you guys have been in Olympia, what brings you to Olympia? Are you both uh, state senators? <laughs> no, we both go to the college here. Which is what college, John? Uh, they are uh, they are intimating that they are Evergreen College uh, students. Okay. Evergreen being the being the uh, Santa Cruz of Washington, the mm-hmm. college where you determine your own grades. I believe that it was Evergreen College to which uh, my uh, dear friend Adam Sachs applied after he had been 
rejected from every other college that he applied to. And the title of his uh, college essay for Evergreen was, Why Evergreen? Why Me? Why Now? Uh, the, 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 the mascot of, uh, and he got in, I'm sure he did. I'm sure they gave him a doctoral, a doctorate degree, an honorary doctorate before he even arrived. The, the, the mascot of the, of the evergreen sports club is the gooey duck. Yeah. Which is, which is a giant, was a giant clam. So that gives you some sense of how they feel. Wait a minute. Is is Olympia a clamming town? Olympia is a major clamming town. Okay, I'm so. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that they. Uh, I didn't know they clammed up there. Mm-hmm. So Olympia is is coastal. Is coastal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on the southern tip of the Puget Sound. Oh, okay. So it's not up on the mountain. That's all that I, I always imagined. But that makes more sense. It's coastal. Gotcha. <laughs> I apologize, everyone. Okay, so you are studying there. Is is John Roderick's portrayal of Olympia true to your to your understanding, Mitch? Are you taking advantage of the of the slow folk of Olympia um, to, you know, to to, I, to I, muscle I, your way through that town so you can get to all your important appointments and so forth? I, I usually don't stop traffic to cross the road. I usually wait for a nice break to where I, I feel comfortable crossing the road. So um, sometimes if there's some like congestion going on. I will take advantage of that. I know people are are supportive of pedestrians, and and it's kind of an unspoken agreement that we have the right of way in Olympia. But well, um, by all means, I don't stop traffic. I I kind of wait for a nice break and then and then uh, rush across the street. It's actually it's actually it may it may be unspoken that you have the right of way, but it certainly is written that you do not have the right of way. Uh, yeah, not in the middle of the street. I don't. Right, but, and, um, that's why and, you use best judgment to cross. Well, that's why no. That's why you use it. That's what we're talking about. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. It's about you. <laughs> okay. Where are you go? Where are you going so fast, buddy? What do you get? What do you? What do you do? You walk into class? What are you studying? <laughs> um, I'm actually. I just graduated. Um, Congratulations. Good. What, what? So where? So, what do you? What are you doing? You walk in. You walk into the. I don't know. Um, you can't. You can't even work at a video know. store anymore. Walk into a coffee shop or yeah. bookstore. Or, right. I mean, just walking around town with living friends. the dream. Right. Okay. Have you ever been ticketed for jaywalking? I never have. In five years, no. Um, um, did you jaywalk in uh, what's it, the, the suburb Marysville? Marysville. Yeah, yeah. I grew up jaywalking my entire life. I've never been sure. Uh, it's part once. of your. It's part of your indigenous culture. Like if uh-huh. I if I rule against you, then you're going to have a, a, a civil lawsuit against me. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. Uh, Marysville, uh, Judge uh, Marysville does border the Tulalip uh, Indian Reservation. Oh, yeah. okay. So, uh, so he he may have a cultural case. All right. <laughs> Lisa, have there been any close calls? There have been. There have been Tell times. Me. Well, I would say a lot of the times when Mitch is jaywalking, it's when we're downtown, and when we're downtown, we're often drinking or going to the bars. So sure. a lot of times we're intoxicated. By the way, can I move in with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds awesome. <laughs> what's the state? What's the status of uh, of marijuana in Olympia? It's it reeks of marijuana. Well, no, it's, I know. I'm sure there, there probably is a lot there, but in Seattle, John Roderick, since you've become commissioner of the arts, and I'm not suggesting a causal relationship, causal relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, but but mar- marijuana has become completely decriminalized, correct? 
Statewide. So, oh, statewide. Uh, Excuse so me. So that uh, applies to Olympia, and in fact, that Olympia is the place where they decriminalized it. Oh, okay. Uh, it, they're in the state house. So, oh, and Olympia, Olympia already was a town that did not pay too much mind to the criminality of marijuana beforehand. Right. You know, obviously, it is it is both Sodom and Gomorrah. People are smoking up and walking all over the streets, doing whatever they want. <laughs> Yeah. Before you guys turn into pillars of salts, I don't want to hear about the times that there were some close calls that you tried vaguely to remember from your poor young pot addled <laughs> and and craft beer addled brain. I want you to to tell me the closest and most terrifying call of all time, Lisa. Okay, so the closest call that I can recall is. Um, we are walking out of out of a movie theater downtown to our what car. What were you seeing? Um, this is really I important. Think, I think it was um, Seattle, Seattle's The Stranger. They put on a porn festival every year. Called Hump. guys. Called Hump. Yes. Home, okay. Homemade porn. Homemade okay. porn. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and we were walking to our car, and uh-huh. they served alcohol at this event. No. <laughs> they what? did. At the at the homemade erotic film festival, they served <laughs> alcohol. Yes. And hmm. yes, interestingly enough. Sure. And we um it's really in the Was the theater did you were there seats in the theater or 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 just mattresses one hanging swings <laughs> mattresses strewn around the floor and ferns. <laughs> It was, it's just really a, it's a movie theater setting with alcohol and it's actually a really fun event. Um, John Rotter, can we just, can we just, (laughs) she she felt the need to say it's actually a really fun event as if going to a homemade porn film festival in a bar theater would be like a, what you, you're, you would assume it was a, I could see I could see that turning into a bummer real quick. Actually, <laughs> I mean, as as much as as much as there's half of my body screaming, "Youth is wasted on the young," yeah, and 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 wanting to move in with you guys, the 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 homemade portion <laughs> is really what makes me go, mm, well, maybe maybe it's okay to be forty, almost forty three years old after all. All right, moving on. Okay, so we walk. So you got into the car. You're gonna. You're walking out of the out of the out of the homemade uh, homemade erotic film fest. Yes, and we cross, or we're about to cross the street, and there's lots of cars, um, lots of people too. And Mitch decides to lead this group. I don't think he means to lead them, but by being really confident, Jay Walker, he goes ahead and cr- cuts and cross across Fifth Avenue, and. Um, there are cars coming and it's dark also and raining, I think probably. So, um, this is just a moment where I would be like, why not walk 20 feet this way? And he stops a lot of cars. And I think that's one of the times he said like, Oh, don't worry. I've got the right of way. But, um, my argument is that we could have walked 20 more feet to the crosswalk and but did he almost get did he almost get hit did uh, did 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 someone swerve was there a screech of brakes um do you remember any of these things or were cars like were all of your sensory inputs all sort of mixed up together there wasn't a honk because i don't think people in olympia really honk but there was definitely abrupt braking (laughs) happening 
did you fear for did you fear for uh, Mitch's life? Yes, I did. And that was a leading question. That was a leading question. I didn't say it. I actually ordered that to be stricken from the record. <laughs> you're just trying to you're just trying to gin up your your case against this guy who just knows how to make his way through a city. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid is going to happen, Lisa? I'm afraid he's going to get in an accident while jaywalking, and because he'd be jaywalking, he would forfeit his legal right to gain any sort of um, compensation or for like any injury and that he might even be like at fault for the accident. Yeah, Mitch, that's a good point. Are you throwing yourself in front of cars because you think you're going to get to sue someone and never have to work again? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You remember you're under fake oath. (laughs) I remember. Mitch, have you ever feared for your life? Uh, not while jaywalking. Other times I have. All right. That was a leading question. Tell me about a time you feared for your life. Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess recently I was snowboarding up at Stevens Pass and wanted to go into the back country and my brother was, uh, not really feeling it. And I don't like to go back there by myself, but I decided to this time and I got stuck on top of a kind of a ridge that was real steep and a lot of rocks and Mm, You were afraid. How did you get out of this jam? uh, I kind of just jumped and fell (laughs) and try to like target my uh, the places where I would land um, to get down safely. Mitch, you know, the rule is never go into the backcountry alone. I know. I, it was you know such a nice the, day, though. It was such a nice day. He's a that's, thrill seeker. Pattern of recklessness of, established. <laughs> that's what a lot of people who are buried under 50 feet of avalanche say. No, I totally understand. Yeah, that was a bad decision. I, I John, know, is, but, that uh, true? is that really the rule of snowboarding the, and skiing? It is the skiing rule. Do not go into the backcountry on a sunny day by yourself because they sometimes don't find you until spring. Does this change your estimation of Mitch? No, I already could sense that. That this was Mitch. Mm-hmm. I already sensed that he was somebody who backcountry snowboarded by himself. My sister is cut of this very same cloth. Does she jaywalk through Seattle? In the with the exact same insouciance that I'm sure Mitch does. John, as a as a as a a, a public uh, uh, as a public office holder in Seattle. Can you make an argument to me as to why jaywalking is not merely bad? for Mitch and for Lisa's nerves uh, and for the people who just want to be able to safely drive to a homemade porn festival, but is also bad for society. I'm not asking you to make that argument if you don't believe it. I'm just curious if you have an opinion on it. Well, I sympathize uh, very much with Mitch's, uh, what I'm sure is his estimation of his own agility and capability to make it across the street without without either interrupting traffic for the most part or putting himself at risk. But if every young person acted, every young person who had physical agility and, and 2020 eyesight and the, and a reckless snowboarders attitude. Were you talking about every young person? (laughs) Yes. Stepped into the street whenever they, they judged it to be safe we would truly be living in a, a youth-oriented utopia, which is what I think Mitch aspires Olympia to be. 
Well, and, and indeed, I think what, what all of American culture is pointing to, and which only you and I, John Roderick, are fighting hard to stave off with every last wheezy breath we take. Yeah, we are worried that the town car in which we are riding in the back is going to be slowed, even for a moment, on our way from one dark cocktail bar to the next by some young person slipping on a banana peel in the street at the precise moment that his girlfriend screams, it's just 20 feet to the crosswalk. (laughs) How old are you guys? I'm sorry, John. No, no, no. Go right ahead. Just so you got 25, 20, and you Mitch, you're a little bit. I'm 30. And you just graduated from college. Um, with my master's degree, though. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair I worked enough. on it for a little while. What's what's your what is your master's degree in? Just hanging. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hanging and yeah. hanging. Hanging and homemade uh, homemade porn film festivals. Um, no, it's in envir- environmental policy. Okay, and and Lisa, what what uh, you are still a student? I am. Yeah. Just let this old man kill himself and find someone your own age. <laughs> He's too old for you. You do, huh? What is what are you studying? I'm studying um marine chemistry. I don't even understand words anymore. <laughs> why, why can't people just study things like English? <laughs> That's the only one that I understand. Marine chemistry, what does that mean? Um, I'm studying ocean acidification oh boy. and how it's affecting the shellfish yeah. in Washington. That's that's did, did you, did, did you know, John Hodgman, that recently the Chinese banned the import of Washington State shellfish because of precisely this ocean acidity that she's referring to? They found that, uh, that the shellfish exported from Washington were unsafe for their, for their consumption, and it was an incredible economic blow to the entire state. Well, I did not know that, and I'm glad to, to hear about it and to address it because ocean – I do it all you – know, I have heard a little bit about ocean acidification and its impact on marine life and the economies they're uh, they're they're connected to. Mm. So, hmm. So, what are you going to do? How are you going to get that G- uh, gooey duck back up to Chinese snuff? <laughs> it's on you, well, Lisa. Um, yeah, yeah. It was actually arsenic that they found in the gooey duck. Well, I have never even been to Olympia, <laughs> Washington. How can you accuse me of poisoning the town gooey duck? <laughs> reservoir just for my own weird kicks <laughs> fair enough i have to jaywalk out of here excuse me <laughs> so how do you solve this gooey duck problem well um i am the gooey duck problem with china is more of a political thing but the ocean acidification deal i'm trying to create a shell recycling program that will put shells back into the water and how will that i know help? you guys I know on the East Coast, you guys have shell recycling programs, but here in Washington, we don't. Right, because shells are intrinsically a base. Exactly. Oh, see, I was going to suggest just pouring a gallon of whole milk into the ocean, but this makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, so you want to take take used shells, and instead of using them to pave streets as we do in lower Manhattan, (laughs) you toss them back into the ocean to base it up. Right, or instead of putting them in landfills or wherever they're going. You're going to drop the bass, just like this is an EMP concert. I mean, 
electronic dance. Yeah, EDM, EDM, EMP is electromagnetic pulse. <laughs> EDM, EDM, BPM, BPM, whatever it is. Skrillex. I'm young <laughs> still. I can hang. Let's go to the homemade porn. <laughs> what do you want me to order if I find in your favor, Lisa? So I would like it um, you to order Mitch to never be able to jaywalk, at least in my presence. And in my presence to always hold my hand when crossing the street at a crosswalk. Mitch, what's your problem with that? Um, I don't have any problem with that, except um, I would really like her to learn the skill of jaywalking. I think it's an important, valuable skill. And I think it will actually make her, her a safer pedestrian if she learns how to cross the street without the use of crosswalks. Do you have, do you, do you have evidence to suggest that she is acting recklessly by crossing at crosswalks? What skills do you think she should have that she does not have? Well, just to be able to uh, uh, be coherent of the traffic and to know the speed patterns, you know, like just to know your window and like be right. comfortable. Of course, know what, the word, know what the word coherent means. Yeah, well. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, like, we 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 want to travel abroad quite a bit, mm-hmm. and not every city in the world has crosswalks. No, I know. Um, so so a lot of times, you know, it makes sense Bu- to Buenos learn how to do. A- Buenos Aires here. is going to murder you, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fucked up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, do you know? Do you get what I mean though? Like, um, it's better to learn here in a passive city where people are. Um, calm and there is cro- crosswalks, you know, and, and you kind of have the the um, unimplied right away <clears throat> than to go into a, um, a country that doesn't have any crosswalks and be like culture shocked already and then have to cross a busy intersection without the use of a crosswalk. By learning it here, she'll be able to, you know, strengthen a skill that might come in handy later on. So what skills specific, like what's your, what's your perfect street crossing checklist that you would teach her in order to become a proficient jaywalker? I guess just becoming confident crossing the street, Um, looking both ways, you know, and, and identifying cars that are coming at at what speed they're supposed to be coming, trying to see if the drivers are paying attention. If they see you make eye contact with them, Um, things like that, I guess. This is the, this is the, uh, the green cross code of the United Kingdom for advising children how to cross the street safely. Think, find the safest place to cross, then stop, stop, stand on the pavement near the curb, curb spelled K-E-R-B. Use your eyes and ears, look all around for traffic and listen. Wait until it's safe to cross. I'm yelling because it's all in caps. Wait until it's safe to cross. If traffic is coming, let it pass. Look and listen. When it's safe, walk straight across the road. Arrive alive. Keep looking and listening. That last one is a little bit weird because if if you've arrived alive, uh, mission accomplished, you don't need to keep looking and listening quite the same way. But and I think this is for for helping pedestrians cross the street safely, whether or not there is a zebra or zebra crossing, that is to say, a crosswalk. So, what is your version of that, Mitch? Go. You are crossing um, the street in the middle. Tell me what goes through your head. Give, an, okay. give it to me in an order that we can put on a piece of paper that we can, that we can put, that we can put on a t-shirt for, for, for our store. Okay. One, you find a a nice car that's parked in the street or some kind of large object to kind of position yourself behind. So you can peek your head out. 
um, if you if you don't have a clear view of the street. Um, two, you look up and down the street. You look left. You look right. You look left again, and you you see if any cars are coming. Um, you listen uh, for for vehicles approaching, and uh, when you find a good gap in the traffic that you feel like you you can comfortably at a comfortable pace kind of shuffle across the street shuffle um, shuffle <laughs> shuffle mosey well well either walk or run depending on how much time you have um oftentimes you can just do a brisk walk across the street comfortably you know and other times you might have to run um but then also before that looking ahead across the street where you're going to be landing at um making contact with the opposing sidewalk um, is a very important um, uh, thing to look at too. So, are you telling me that when you stumble drunk out of a homemade hug and kiss picture, that you're going through all this in your mind, sir? Come on. No, no, I I actually don't think that crossing the street that night was probably the best decision um, under the circumstances. Right. I think I've heard everything um, I need to hear to make my decision. <laughs> I am I am now going to wait patiently at the curb, K E R B, until it is safe to cross into my chambers. One moment, please. Left, right, left again. All right, I'm going to go arrive alive. I'll be back in a moment to render my judgment. <laughs> Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Now, uh, Lisa and Mitch, I have to know, do you do you feel like you share a political <clears throat> uh, a political viewpoint or do you differ in your politics as well? I think we share mm-hmm. most, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I get the sense that, um, I mean, because your view about crossing the street is sort of a classic, although you are both clearly liberals, Lisa, you have a liberal nanny state <laughs> mentality, whereas Mitch is more of a liberal libertarian. I think that has to do with, uh, I think my theory on it is that it has to do with our upbringing. Um, I was very at an early age, you know, my, my dad crosses the crosswalk, jaywalks, you know, like, um, I was a skateboarder as a child. So I skate in the middle of the street and ride bikes in the middle of the street. And she grew up and I grew up in kind of a small, smaller town that that was comfortable with. And I think Des Moines is more of a driving town, you know? Right. Right. And a a Midwestern prairie city. mm -hmm. Yeah. So she wasn't really exposed to the, uh, exposed to jaywalking so much as a, as a youth, as like an adolescent and youth, you know, so. We'll be back in just a moment with Judge Hodgman's decision. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted 
by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be seated. Thank you uh, for enduring my my rush across the street uh, to re-enter the courtroom, uh, at which point I was almost killed by a semi-trailer. That said, I will tell you that I might have recused myself because I am myself a, a pretty a pretty avid, not avid in the sense that I, I don't take pleasure in it, but a pretty common jaywalker. You know, and I, I, it is not unknown for me to cross 7th Avenue and Park Slope in the middle of the street because it is the quickest way from Grumpy Coffee to the, um, the wildly inappropriately named corner store, The Bad Wife. I don't know why they called it The Bad Wife, and guess what? Neither do they. But that's where you go and you get your organic uh, uh, lettuces and such. And the reason is that I grew up actually crossing Massachusetts Avenue all the time in the middle of the intersection. Every, every street cross that I made growing up in Boston and Brookline and the, and the Chestnut Hill area of Brookline where I spent my growing up times in reverse chronological order, we would cross in the middle all the time. In fact, in, 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 in Chestnut Hill, which is this posh neighborhood that straddles Brookline and Newton, it was unusual that you would ever see uh, a crosswalk or, or for that matter, a, a, a crossing light. You know, you just, that's how you got from, from, you know, Peter Rosenmeyer's house to Jeremy Morrison's house. That's how you did it. And I think there's something in what Mitch says about the difference between growing up in a, um, uh, 
rural mixed pedestrian and car town versus a town that is mostly cars. Now, I can't speak to Des Moines, Iowa being a, a mostly driving town. John Roderick, you you groaned audibly when you heard the words Des Moines. So you have some you have some familiarity bred contempt for it. Is that more of a driving town than than a than a walking town? Oh, it wasn't uh, contempt of Des Moines. I think Des Moines is a is a lovely and and in some ways amazing city. Uh, but it is, um, it is very much a plains city, which is both a driving town and also it's in the middle part of America, where respect for the law is more much more pronounced. Uh, it's pronounced and is in and is really preeminent, like. Right. That is the, you know, that is the, that is the heart of the, the, the kind of America that believes in crosswalk. It is pronounced and pronounced correctly. And because it is a, it is a plains town, things are laid out on a very clear grid. Big, big wide boulevards. There's a windy river. It's kind of a lovely place, actually. Um, that little downtown is kind of getting restored. And the capital of Iowa, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Indeed. Yeah. Capital from capital to capital. The Lisa story. <laughs> uh, so I do think that there is a cultural difference. And I only became aware of it because there there has been a real crackdown on jaywalking in New York City, in Bill de Blasio's New York City. Nanny state. Uh, because because there was a rash of pedestrian deaths at the beginning of this year, 2014. And Bill de Blasio, of course, is my neighbor here in, in Park Slope. Um, workout partner. Yeah, he's my work my workout pal at the at the at the Prospect Park Y. And immediately after a, a, a real crackdown occurring on jaywalking and him speaking out against it, he, uh, he was filmed by the by the New York Post, I believe, or the Daily News, uh, crossing in a crosswalk but against the light. Yet another one of the great Bill de Blasio blunders of the first four months of his mayorality, including eating pizza with a knife and fork and dropping the groundhog on Groundhog's Day, which is the reason we now continue to live in a wintry apocalypse here in the middle of the end of March, which should be going out like a lamb, but is biting (laughs) my ass like a lion. (laughs) I will also point out in that photograph that de Blasio was crossing against the light with armed bodyguards. And he was on the phone, too. And there is this delicate dance, particularly in Olympia, Washington, between the law and its purpose. Uh, and we, we dance this, this dance wherever we are when, when we're talking about a, a law where you balance, you stand on the edge of a river of traffic and you balance society against your own desire to get that cheesesteak over there. And your own in, intuitive knowledge that it is perfectly safe for you to cross right then. Society be damned. And I think that it is, in a sense, uh, a victimless crime until there is a victim. And when there is a victim, that does not end well for anybody. And the only thing that makes me hesitate uh, to say, do what you want, libertarian dude, is the fact that the stakes are really high. Uh, when you cross the street in a place that a driver is not expecting you to cross the street. It is not uh, like possessing a little bit of uh, of legal marijuana and watching some of your neighbors 
uh, take their shirts off on screen, a victim, a victimless and yet gross crime. Um, it is a, it is a crime that when there is a victim, it will profoundly affect your life and it will profoundly affect the lives of the dum dum who potentially hit you. Uh, and so, and it is, you acknowledge, uh, illegal, uh, even if it is not very well enforced law, uh, you are nonetheless scoffing it and you're doing so knowledgeably, just as you scoff the laws of nature and snowboarding when you go into the backcountry and risk your life and the forever and the, and the, and the mourning of your of your family members and your lovely girlfriend Lisa, once you were that will occur once you have killed yourself, because you wanted to be in the woods by yourself for a little bit. These are things that we all keep in balance every day as we navigate uh, the 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 cities uh, that we live in, and uh, and we all make judgments of relative uh, uh, safety and risk. Uh, and and I think that it is it, it is reasonable to say, sir, that I bet you are pretty good at crossing the street, and I bet you are pretty good at uh, at crossing the street illegally. And I would even say that there's something to be said for your admonishment to the nanny state crosswalk walkers that they ought to learn that they should be aware uh, of the cars around them that they are not in a in a in a tube of protection, but indeed are putting themselves at risk as much as you are in many ways when they step into that crosswalk, that those lines do not protect them. But when you make that argument, sir, you acknowledge that there is risk, that there is life-threatening risk. And so I can only find in favor of the law overall. That said, you will continue to scoff it as long as you, until you learn the hard way that it is probably in your best interest to not put yourself into the middle of traffic. Probably you know Olympia, Washington better than I do. And you know, I don't be, I, I am not uh, jaywalking, say, in, in the middle of Upper Broadway where those people were killed in New York City. Seventh Avenue is a, is a quieter place. I'm not going to promise I'll never jaywalk again. And nor do I ask you to promise to do so, sir, either. You will face the consequences one way or another by either being ticketed or hit or hurting someone or yourself. And that will teach you eventually. And I hope that it all works out for the best. But I can say, and I can so order what Lisa requests that when you are with her, you be cognizant of the fact that you do not walk alone in life, but in fact affect the people around you depending on your actions. And that when you are with her, you walk the extra 20 feet to the crosswalk. And when you are with her, you hold her hand when you cross the street. Why? Not because it's moral, ethical, or legal. It's adorable. The minute she said, hold my hand, I was like, you win. Too adorable to not rule in her favor. Sorry, sorry, buddy. But that's what being in a relationship is all about. Ceding to the adorableness of another person. Just like being in society is balancing your individual needs against those of the people you wish to keep in your lives. And so whatever you do on your own time, I urge you to be really careful. Lisa, I also urge you to learn from your boyfriend, Ace, Ace Street Crossing expert, Mitch, <laughs> to be hyper aware of the, of the actual dangers that occur every time you step out into the, into the road 
But I do so order that when you guys are crossing streets together, you seek out a crosswalk and you hold hands because I love it. This is the sound (laughs) of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. (laughs) Lisa, how do you feel about the judge's decision? I feel really happy to be, I'm happy and excited to cross the street with Mitch holding my hand. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) And, and Mitch, how do you feel? Can you, can you accept that judgment? Um, yeah, I feel great. I have no, I, I, I have no problem crossing the street with Lisa holding her hand. Um, that's right, guys. I you know what? Great. Life yeah. isn't uh, life isn't all about uh, drinking beer and getting tattoos and and watching homemade erotic films. Sometimes it's just about holding <laughs> your girlfriend's hand. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I think that's a great judgment, and thank you for that. I'm gonna come down to Olympia. I'm gonna drive around real slow <laughs> with my yeah. seat with my seat all the way back, so you can just see my eyes above the the windowsill. <laughs> I'm just going to drive around that stupid loop in downtown Olympia <laughs> yeah. looking for you two. I know. Yeah, and when you do, John, I want you, I want you to take a picture with your camera phone and then, <laughs> and then get it and then steer into a pole because you weren't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you down there, John, when you're in, when you're in Washington. Yes, we'll, please. We'll go down on vacation. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, thank you for appearing on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having guys. us. Thanks, guys. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Oh, hey, John. All right, let's clear, let's clear the docket, John Hodgman. Do you, want, you don't want to sing that song with me? Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle. I don't know how. We started too low. We started too low. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Robin Goldwasser is so sad she wasn't able to join us on this call. I called her. I tried to get it. I know. It would have been great. I saw I saw the text. I wish I wish she'd she she was she's a busy lady. She was making puppets. Or That's something. right. Everyone go out and buy They Might Be Giants album No Exclamation Point or that track itself on iTunes whatever you feel like. Bed bed bed. 
Oh, that's a good one, too. All right, let's clear that docket you were talking about. All right. Raymond writes, My dispute is with my significant other, Danielle. We live in a very nice but small apartment in Oakland, California. Danielle is obsessed with a collection of mugs that range from slightly attractive to somewhat ugly. We've accrued about 20 mugs over the years from friends, family, and yard sales. Just yesterday, Danielle brought home a new one, a gift from her employer. Our apartment can't entertain 20 people, and even if it could, it is unfathomable that we would need to make 20 cups of tea. Danielle says that we need them all, not just because she likes them, but also, what if one of them breaks? This is an eventuality I would welcome a few times over. I seek an injunction. Either she lower the mug count to a reasonable number, say 12 mugs, or that she get rid of two mugs for every new one she brings home. Now, John, help. John, do you happen to know whether the, these are the actual names of the people or if they've been changed? Raymond and Danielle? Do you happen to know if these are their actual names or have they been changed? I, I do not know. Because I, I have a feeling Danielle's name is actually a, a, a pseudonym for my wife, Catherine, and that <laughs> I may have written this. <laughs> in my sleep, in my other guise of sleepwalking Raymond. Uh-huh. A, few, a fugue state where you become Raymond, the, where, the, uh, the werewolf, the, the tidy werewolf. Re- well, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm tidy as a man and extra tidy as a werewolf. And werewolf, but the werewolf who has had it with all the mugs. And the reason is that uh, you, you know from visiting us when we spent some time in Maine last summer, uh, that my wife is nuts for uh, for the the pottery of the Blue Hill Peninsula, specifically Rowan Trees pottery when it was made, and it is no longer it's made in reproduction now, but it is no longer made. And it's a fascinating history. I had no idea how fascinating this pottery was until I realized that it was made. This pottery this pottery uh, was founded in order to employ. Uh, the uh, uh, fishing families during the winter time to make pottery out of the natural clays and pigments in the ground of Maine, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and you I, may not you may not be aware, but your wife Catherine converted my lady friend into uh, po- this pottery ownership, and now we have some, or she has some c- small collection of it, a yeah. growing collection of it. How? So let me ask you this question, John: How many mugs can I put you down for? How, can, how many can I send you? Fifteen? You know, I, well, can't, uh, I can't. I can't. I don't know the where these mugs. Are, I don't know where these mugs are coming from. We have so many of these mugs, and they're beautiful. Yeah. But I am in. I am in Raymond's camp here. We can't close the cupboard. What were you going to say, John? I interrupted you. I'm afraid that I am on. I'm. Uh, I'm firmly in Danielle's camp. Oh boy! As you know, I have. I have uh, probably at least twenty. Uh, vintage coffee mugs from various uh, small airports and uh, like sheriff's offices yeah. from around the country. In addition to another collection of beer steins that I use for coffee. In addition to so many other collections of glassware, I won't bore you with them now. But I ta- I took the doors off of my cupboards. I know so that I so that I could see my coffee mugs. Because they bring me so much pleasure. Well, that is a thing that this speaks to a, a tenet of this court, which was first articulated in our New York Times 
magazine micro column or column net edition where a guy wrote in saying that he had a bunch of uh, uh, that he he had a, col- a collection of uh, uh, Sunday cups from baseball parks in the in the shape of the various teams hats right little mm-hmm. plastic Sunday cups so, so ice cream Sunday cups and and his wife was really annoyed at him because there wasn't room in the cupboards anymore and I pointed out to him that the difference between a collector and a hoarder is a is a proper displaying mechanism. If you are displaying the thing that you love in a in a reasonable way, that may be termed a collection. But if you are shoving it into a into a cupboard beyond reason, then you are you are moving into an, uh, an obsessive territory. Well, and, and this is the thing the only the only. Uh, thing that separates me from someone shoving coffee mugs into a dark kitchen cabinet is that I took a I took a screwdriver out and took the doors off. Yeah, in a in a in a in a way, you 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 went so insane that it came back around to sanity because <laughs> someone who's taken the cupboards off the door the doors off their cupboards is is I think almost by definition bonkers until you got to the point it's like so I can see my mugs better. There is, there is method in that madness that I appreciate. But my, so I feel like Raymond in this situation might be somebody who wants all of his pottery and crockery and dishware and glassware to match. There are lots of people like that in the world who want there to be four matching glasses, four matching plates, four matching cups. And that is how they bring order to the world. And the problem is not just that there are 20 coffee cups, but they are 20 unmatching coffee cups. Well, I, 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 I certainly would always trust you, John Roderick, to state someone's real problem, no matter what they have actually told us. <laughs> and you may very well be right. But his complaint that they have too many coffee cups, mm-hmm. too many coffee mugs, then could be rationally be used. I think that that is a fair complaint. And so what I think they need to do is have a conversation as to whether or not these coffee mugs are to function as mugs or to transition into being a collection. And if they are a collection, then Danielle has to take responsibility for that and find a place to keep her collection that is that is not active rotation use. Well, I see. Now, I, I am a fan of, of useful objets. Mm-hmm. As you know, I have I have more than twenty globes. I have more sure. than twenty pairs of cowboy boots. Sure, I have more than twenty switchblades. And you live alone. <laughs> well, that's true, and perhaps that's why I live alone. I mean, I, I, <laughs> cause or effect. But all of those things are in active rotation. The twenty coffee cups mostly all get used. Sure, some of them are in the dishwasher. You need you need. A new coffee cup, you know, they all make it into, they all make the round. And of course, those globes are in active rotation. <laughs> uh, literally. Anyway, you know, sure, she moves her coffee cups over to some, like, uh, menagerie shelving. But then she doesn't have use of them anymore. So she's being deprived of something. Well, okay. Either they, either they break up or... They sit down and they determine what is an appropriate number of coffee cups to keep in active rotation. Those are kept in the active rotation cupboard. The rest go into a workshop, a storage, a studio, and a, a, on a shelf 
in her uh, room, uh, her office, whatever, and then she can rotate them in and out as she wants to. Right. Okay, so, right. good. Yeah, we agree. Great. Let's move on. All right. Uh, and now uh, something from a former litigant. My, da- my name is Dan Pasternak, he writes. I was on the Judge John Hodgman podcast back in 2012, the Golden State debate. Were we ever so young? No, 2012. I was, I had only, it had only been six years since I'd released an album. The conflict of the original show was my Putting two the Days friends. to Bed is a great album by The Long That's Winters, right. Everyone by Everyone should yeah. go out and buy it immediately. The conflict of the original show was my two best friends, Sammy and Harry, fake names, trying to convince me to move out of my parents' house to either L.A. or New York City. I remember this. When I was on the podcast, goalless, living in my parents' house, unable to write, John Hodgman injuncted me to move to the Brooklyn of Brooklyn, the Bronx, where I was to begin a new and creative period. I thought maybe you'd be curious about the weird turns of my life. Are you? John Hodgman? For the purposes of podcasting, I will say yes. All right. I have met And a I am, and I am too. <laughs> I have met a person confirming my and Sammy's determination to not be a couple. All right. I moved to an alternate borough, West Philadelphia, born and raised, where living is even cheaper. On the playground cheaper- is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> uh, West Philadelphia, where living is even cheaper than Center City or the South Street area so praised by the judge. Is he being funny when he says West Philadelphia is an alternate borough of New York? I think he is. I think he is. I think that's pretty funny. And as instructed by the judge, I am writing again. Led by your encouragement and the fun of being on a radio show, I started making a podcast myself. Oh, God. It's called... (laughs) I will allow your contempt to balance the obvious buzz marketing that this guy is doing for his own dumb podcast. I started making... I will not make you say it. I will say it. It's called Never Forget Radio. Go on. Read on. Although I think I was too embarrassed to say it on the air... What I've always really wanted to write is accessible feminist-influenced history or something that merged history and art and music in a feminist context and a Marxist context. Feminist, Marxist, influenced history, art, music. I, I am reveling in the pain that it causes you to read these words. But I'm with you, Dan. It's also been a way of working through my adolescence in the Bush era. It's about the post-9-11 era. Recent history. Oh, I get it. Never forget radio. Never forget radio. Is it a conspiracy podcast? <laughs> it's, a, it's a birther truther podcast. No, he says, uh, I it's promise a, it's it a, is. It's a feminist-influenced birther truther podcast. But he does say in parentheticals here, I promise it is not a conspiracy podcast, which... which is what every conspiracy podcaster says. Right, Exactly. This would not have happened without my appearing on the Judge John Hodgman show. So thanks again to you and everyone there. Well, having never listened to this podcast, Never Forget Radio, I can neither endorse it nor unendorse it. But uh, I'm glad, Dan, that you have found a, a, a version of happiness in your life that involves living uh, in an inexpensive urban setting and making a thing and giving it away for free. That is an important part of every child's life these days. And I hope you enjoy this phase happily and that you eventually grow out of it. 
uh, and move on to whatever next phase gives you the most happiness. And uh, uh, I'll, I, I, I wish you the very best. And I think John Roderick probably has some things that he would like to tell you privately. So go see him after a show. <laughs> yeah, come talk to me. Come talk to me, and we'll 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 work on we'll work on your podcast, uh, Sean. A pitch, John Roderick. You have your own show that you've been doing lately at the at the Rendezvous in Seattle. Is that not so? I, I'm now doing a weekly live show at the Rendezvous in Seattle. That uh, I have to credit you. Uh, no. Well, I have to credit you, and I have to credit us. Us. A couple of years ago, you and I. Uh, engaged in a healthy brainstorming session where we arrived at the idea that a weekly show was a creative, w- would be an excellent creative uh, sandbox and proving ground. Mm-hmm. And you took that brainstorming session and went and spent a year doing a weekly show called Secret Society. I do not know both. what you're talking about. <laughs> and you. From what I understand, from what I gather, your uh, alter ego, uh, Werewolf Raymond, uh, derived great personal enjoyment and also professional uh, uh, growth. Through I, the- I can't say anything about that. This is not a conspiracy podcast. I don't talk about secret societies on it. In any case, I spent the last year uh, not doing anything and, uh, and wistfully gazing across the United States at all of your at all of your mythical fun times, and so this year I began uh, a weekly show, which is called Roderick's Rendezvous here in Seattle, and um, it is um, it has so far proved to be exceedingly valuable and exceptionally fun. And what would be the best way for listeners to find about about when the next show is uh, to follow you on Twitter or? Uh, well, they can uh, certainly follow me on Twitter at. John Roderick on Twitter. Uh, the shows are um, the shows are selling out rather quickly. So if you are coming to Seattle and want to go to one of these shows, or if you're a local person, you should probably reach out and uh, try and get a ticket through alternate means. Run! Don't walk across the street to find That's a ticket. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but hopefully the uh, the shows will be a proving ground for material that will that will find another another foothold somewhere in the culture. So they will be, the ideas generated there will be available elsewhere soon. And indeed, John Roderick and I are going to do a show of some kind uh, together on June 2nd uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico uh, at, at, uh, as a, uh, a command performance for His Grace George R. R. Martin. You can find tickets to that and all of my upcoming Live solo and non-solo appearances, uh, uh, johnhodgman.com slash tour. And uh, I, uh, I have nothing else to say. I mean, it's been great, John. Thank you so much for being uh, the guest bailiff uh, these past couple of weeks. Uh, the pleasure is always mine. Well, thank you, sir. It's a great pleasure. And I have, uh, in the past, the time, the one time before when I was a guest bailiff, or the two times, I guess, before, I have uh, I've met very uh, met a, a great number of interesting people out in the world who have come up and said I first heard about you on the Judge John Hodgman podcast, and then they became listeners of the Roderick on the Line podcast and and good friends. And so you are a uh, you're, this is a cultural uh, meeting ground. 
Roderick on the Line is also something that's one of my favorite podcasts, and you should listen to it. Uh, you can go to all the the regular places and include, and there is a Twitter account for that as well, right? Is Roderick on? At Roderick, Roderick on. on. At Roderick on, yeah. Right? And, and then on iTunes and everything else. So there you have it. Um, thanks very much again, uh, uh, John Roderick, and thank you all for listening to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thanks to Peter Rawlings for suggesting this week's case name. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Peter. To suggest a name for a future case, like us on Facebook. Judge Hodgman regularly puts out a call for submissions. I've been your guest bailiff, John Roderick. Julia Smith produces the show. Mark McConville is our editor. Thanks for joining us for the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thanks, guys. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at Forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.